Hi, everyone. This is Dave Roberts, your host of the Teaching Journeys podcast. I want to welcome all of those listeners to our second episode in the series. For those who didn't have an opportunity to to listen to the first episode, you can find it on Apple or Spotify or any place that podcasts are listed and played. But what I would like to do is just give you a very brief recap of what we talked about in that first episode. I was joined by my dear friend, mentor, and soul sister, Reverend Patty Farino, who guided a spiritually transformative experience with me in 2010, seven years after the transition of my 18-year-old daughter, Janine, due to a rare aggressive connective muscle tissue cancer called avelia rhabdomyosarcoma. Janine also transitioned 10 months after giving birth to her only child and my first grandchild and granddaughter, Brianna, who is soon to be 21 years old. That spiritually transformative experience that Patty guided with me allowed me to find peace following Janine's transition and allowed me to embrace different perspectives that allowed me to continue to grow in my journey and re-engage in life with purpose and meaning in a world that I accepted to be permanently different without the physical presence of my daughter. Now, acceptance did not mean closure. It just simply meant that I've accepted the fact that my world is the way it is, and I am committed to live my best life in that permanently changed world. Also in the podcast, we talked about some some other teachings that arose out of our marathon conversations and was the basis for the book that we co-authored in 2021 called When the Psychology Professor Met the Minister. Some of those areas that we covered, we covered the importance of Crow Medicine or honoring the past as our teacher. We talked about how Crow Medicine helped me help facilitate ancestral healing with regards to decisions that both my father and my mother made. Um, And we also talked about what we saw as visions for the podcast going forward and particularly how the podcast could could be of of help, service, and inspiration um, to our younger generation. So that is basically where we're at at this point. So let's talk about what we're going to be, be doing in the second episode today. One of the things that Patty taught me and one of the things that I, I impart upon others is that we need to have a variety of different teachers in our life. We can't just learn from one specific individual. If we open ourselves up to a variety of different perspectives from a variety of different individuals, we can begin to expand our belief system. We can begin to integrate different perspectives. And, you know, we, and that can help us continue to evolve as, as, as human beings as well as transcend life-altering challenges. Now, my belief systems prior to uh, Janine's transition were rooted in science. But after 
meeting Patty and after and our and as a result of our marathon conversations, I began to see where spirituality and science could coexist to give us not only a better understanding of behavior, uh, better context for behavior, but give us a framework for which we could we could transcend some of our worst life challenges. In this second episode, I want to talk specifically about the the inspiration of, of one of those individuals I discovered along the path. And this is an individual by the name of Neil Peart. Neil Peart transitioned in January of 2020. In fact, it was January 7, 2020, after a private three-and-a-half-year battle of brain cancer. Neil Peart was the brilliant Hall of Fame drummer for the Hall of Fame Canadian rock band Rush. In his 40-plus year career with Rush, he penned some, some very profound, thought-provoking lyrics. For me, he checked all the boxes as far as a musician. He was, for me, in, in my generation, the best drummer of my generation, the most creative drummer, drummer of my generation. His lyrics were brilliant, they were vivid, and they were thought-provoking. His lyrics and books, one of which grew out of his challenges with personal tragedy, have had a profound impact on me. That book, Ghost Rider Travels on the Healing Road, which was published in 2002, was first introduced to me by one of my students by the name of Randy. Now, Randy was a student in my death, dying, and bereavement class at Utica University in 2009, and her and her family are big Rush fans. And following class, she came up to me, and she said, I, I really ought to read Ghost Rider by Neil Peart. And she never really got into what the content of the book was about, but she thought I would find the content relevant. Now, as an aside, my students in my death, dying, and bereavement class are very aware of my challenges with loss, and specifically the challenges involved as a result of my daughter Janine's transition in 2003. I am very transparent with my losses for a couple of different reasons. One is that I believe I need that. That type of self-disclosure, I think, will help individuals in my class be more open to talk about their own issues with loss. And plus, what I want to have them, them do is also be comfortable talking about death with everybody else. Plus, I couldn't see myself not doing that type of a class without being transparent with my own losses. I think it kind of levels a playing field. And I think it's also likely to get students to, to self-disclose, share with each other, and be more vulnerable with each other. So now let me just go a little bit into what some of Neil Peart's challenges were, what led him to write that book, and what, what, uh, and what led him to um, 
the revelations that he came up with and how he did that. Neil Peart's daughter, Selena, was age 19 when she died or transitioned on August 10, 1997, as a result of a car accident. His common-law wife, Jackie, died on June 20, 1998, of cancer. One year and a day after the death of his daughter, or transition of his daughter, he embarked on a 55,000-mile, 14-month journey on his motorcycle across Canada, the United States, and Mexico. Ghost Rider described his travels and his emotional pain arising from reliving his losses. He was able to gradually re-engage in life by going within, communing with nature, and eventually reconnecting with friends and family. He remarried in 2000. His second wife gave birth to a daughter, and they remained married until his death. Also, Peart journaled his, his travels, journaled his thoughts about his travels, also talked about the history of the places that he visited. And for me, this book is also an exercise in what Crow Medicine is all about, which is another reason that it resonated with me so, so deeply. Peart's personal tragedies resulted in a four-year absence from Rush. When he returned, he wrote the lyrics to an album called Vapor Trails. In Ghost Rider, he described Vapor Trails as an off-handed reference to the ghost of memory. Neil Peart's writings and music have inspired many of my own personal blogs and stories. He was also known in the musical world as a professor, not only from my belief for his proficiency on the, on the drums and for his brilliance as a, as a musician, but for his profound lyrics and the impact and it, that those lyrics and writings had on those who read them. He imparted many pearls of wisdom about how to work through catastrophic loss with grace, humility, integrity, and honor characteristics that we should all manifest in our own personal journeys. I want to share with you right now three profound teachings from the professor that arose from his book, Ghost Rider, that helped me on my path after loss. The first was something that he had mentioned, keep moving, something will come up. Now, Peart embarked on his road trip following the transitions of his daughter and common-law wife because from my perception, among other things, he was hoping that something would come up to give him a reason to go on living. And it did. Early in his journey, he was sitting by a lake. I think it might have been near Quebec. And he observed two wedge-shaped rocks, as he described it, sticking out of a lake. And he really thought he liked them because they looked like two ducks facing each other. And he described this encounter in Ghost Rider in this way. He states that my eyebrows lifted at the realization. I actually like something. And thus, from that pair of rocks, I began to build a new world. And Neil Peart helped me realize that sometimes hope and promise of a new world can come from the most unusual places 
if we are open to it and embrace it when it happens. For me, there have been those type of events at various points on my journey after loss. One that stands out in particular uh, was a week after my daughter transitioned. I was back at Utica University. It was then Utica College, teaching a night class. And I started teaching in January of 2023. It was actually January 22nd or 20, 20, 2003, excuse me. Um, I, I think I got past and present a little bit confused there for a second. But anyway, I started teaching at Utica University in January of 2003. And I had been offered a contract in the summer of 2002. And this was during a time where the chemotherapy was having a positive effect on Janine's, um, you know, well-being or physical uh, stamina, and she was able to to engage in life with with her immediate family, her significant other's family, and her daughter. However, in the beginning of uh, towards the end of two thousand and two, in the beginning of two thousand and three, her cancer re-metastasized, and we got a prognosis of approximately one to three months you know, for her to, for her end of life uh, chapter. So again, I, I after Janine transitioned, um, I took a week off from school, came back, was sitting in the then continuing education office wondering how the heck in the world I was going to get through a three-hour class when I barely had enough energy to drag myself out of the house. I was sitting there feeling very lost, feeling very forlorn, when a gentleman by the name of Scott Smith, who at the time was the department chair for the, for the psychology department, came up to me and very tenderly and very, and very gently looked, looked at me, said to me, Dave, I'm very sorry about the passing of your daughter. His ability and willingness to remember and share his sentiments with me got me through that class. I called him one of the many transient angels that, that appeared to me on the journey that helped me keep moving in the hope that something would eventually come up where I would make that decision to re-engage in life fully once again. So for any of any of you out there, a lot of times we we lament over the individuals who are not in our support group, and trust me, things things do change. After a loss, the landscape of our lives change. The people who we thought were going to be there for us don't step up, and the people that we never thought were going to step up do. Change is a part of what we go through after catastrophic loss. I used to lament and bemoan those individuals who I thought should have been a part of my support group. Now, I understand that some individuals can't handle our grief, and I can, I've learned to accept that, and I also learned to celebrate and be grateful for the individuals who are there for me. The other profound teaching the second profound teaching that arose out of Ghost Rider for me was that on the road to self-discovery after loss, 
we can all be analog kids. Now, the analog kid is a song from Signals, which is one of my favorite Rush albums. Peart's lyrics, again from my perspective, touch prominently on the restlessness of youth. But there is one passage in the song that really stuck with me, which speaks to the uncertain present and future that we all face after catastrophic loss. Now in this passage, which I'm going to paraphrase, the analog kid wants to go on this path of self-discovery, but he struggles because he doesn't know what he's going to find. And he's not sure what he's going to leave behind. And one of the things that I've learned in terms of working, you know, with individuals over the years is that change, though welcome, can be very scary. A lot of the behaviors and beliefs and attitudes that we've had that have comprised our assumptive world, comprised how we, we connect with other individuals or choose not to connect with other individuals, are firmly ingrained in our being. And the longer that those beliefs and attitudes are reinforced, the, the more difficult and the more scary it, it is to change. So even though we may be motivated to change, there's a certain amount of trepidation. But for me, one of the things I knew that I would leave behind in my quest for self-discovery were the feelings of disempowerment, pain, longing in this disordered state of my mind. Those would all be welcome casualties on my road to self-discovery. I have, those were things that I would leave behind that would no longer serve me in my quest for continued growth and evolution of my ongoing narrative following the transition of, of my daughter, Janine. Now, during my journey to date, I've discovered many truths that have allowed me to, to view life and death from different perspectives and in the process find my peace with life as I know it now. Those truths freed me from the chains that shackled me in our early grief. And Neil Peart taught me that we all have an analog kid that is crying to get out, to get out and to, to be our mode of expression on our quest for self-discovery. And in our quest for self-discovery, we can travel to faraway places, we can go within, we can commune with nature. It really doesn't matter. We need to find whatever we are going to get peace from, whatever we are going to feel connected to, in order to continue on that quest. Finally, the last teaching that I wish to share is that we're only immortal for a limited time. And this was a, a lyric passage out of another song penned by Neil Peart called Dreamline. I believe that was off of the Rush album Counterparts. I found this to be a very unique way to, of expression that we are all going to die someday. And one of the things that, that kind of struck me, and particularly after Janine's transition, was how we say if something happens to us, this is what I want to have, I want to, I want to see transpire after I'm gone. 
I no longer use if because it is a given that we are only on this earth for a short period of time, that we are only immortal for, for a period of time, that we are all going to transition into a new existence. And I think one of the things that I think allows us or makes us want to put that if in if something happens to me is our fear that we're going to be forgotten. One of the things that we fear that our loved ones are going to be forgotten. In particular, you know, and for, for me, that, that was, that's always been a fear that it would, you know, my parents would be forgotten, my daughter would be forgotten. But what we do throughout our lives is we continue the relationships and bonds with our loved ones by, by constantly remembering them to ourselves and to others. And as long as what we have imparted to individuals remains in their lips, remains in their voices, remains in their philosophies, we will continue to go on. We will, we will be immortal through their eyes. So we, will, we do continue to go on through the teachings, through the impact that we've had with others. And if some of you out there think, well, geez, what possible impact could my life have had on others or does my life have on others? Remember, you can't judge the impact of your life on anybody. You might have said something, you might have done something, you might have said something as minor as hold a door open for somebody that gave a person who was truly down on their luck, may even have been thinking of, of, of completing suicide. You gave them that hope, that inspiration to continue to move on for another day, to continue to, to keep moving in the hope that something would come up. So don't ever question the impact that you have on others. We can never truly judge that. We can never truly assess that. But trust that your presence has positively affected somebody that you may not even know. And so with that, I want to wrap up this episode of the Teaching Journeys podcast. But before I go, I just want to let you know where you can find me, where you can find the podcast. First of all, if you want to connect with me directly, you can email me at bootsyandangel at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. You can go to my personal website, which is www.bootsyandangel.com. You can also, if you want to find out more information about purchasing the, the book that I co-authored with Reverend Patty Farino, one of the psychology professor about the minister, you can find the book in Kindle and paperback format on Amazon. And you can go to our website dedicated to the book, Psychology Professor minister.com. We are going to be featuring guests very soon on our on the Teaching Journeys podcast. I've always been in, I've always already been in contact with some individuals already who have expressed an interest in being being on the podcast. And so hopefully we'll be dropping some more episodes of those in the future. But for now, I want to say goodbye. So long 
But most of all, I want to wish you peace. Bye-bye. And take care. And be kind to each other. Thank mm -hmm. you.